Good morning, High Point. I want to thank you for those of who have joined us here in person, thankful to those who are also joining us online, and happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. Let's hear for our moms this morning. I had a beautiful Mother's Day graphic all lined up for you, beautiful things we were going to put on the screen. Unfortunately, our projector decided to quit on us, and uh, so you're going to have to imagine beauty around me, okay? There's a beautiful Mother's Day, says Happy Mother's Day with flowers behind me, and it's going to be bright, and we were going to have the scriptures up there and so on, but you're just going to have to follow along as best as you can today. This is one day where it's better to be online watching because the graphics are on the screen <laughs> when you're watching online, but while you're here in person, you got nothing, so I apologize for that, but... I want to join the chorus of voices everywhere and say how special and how appreciated all of you moms are here. You are special, each and every one of you. Being a mom is certainly one of the most important roles ever bestowed upon any human being. And what you do is so essential to the well-being of our world, of our society. And although the blood and the sweat and the tears that you put into mothering is often unmentioned. I want you to understand that it does not go unnoticed because it is on display day after day and it is a wonderful example of the unconditional love and the wonderful grace of God our Father. And so today, moms, we honor you and we say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I'd like to start this morning by sharing something with you I came across that made me laugh. Apparently, they uh, surveyed a bunch of adults, and they asked them, what was the funniest thing you ever heard your mom say while you were growing up? And here are the top 10 answers that they assembled. I hope it'll put a smile on your face. Number 10 said, after arguing with my older sister over something pointless, my mother said, I now understand why some animals eat their young. Number nine, after my mother called me all of my three siblings' names, followed by the dog's name, she finally said to me, oh, you know who you are, just come over here. <laughs> I come from a family of five, and that's exactly as the baby, that's what happened. They went through the whole row until they finally got to my name. It was hilarious. I don't know why parents do that, but they, we just do. You forget who you're talking to. Uh, number eight. Once, while fearfully watching me climb a very tall tree, my mother said to me, if you fall out of that tree and break your legs, don't dare come running to me, Buster. <laughs> Number seven, once while I was pestering my younger brother, my mother yelled out, be nice to your brother, you might need one of his kidneys one day. <laughs> Number six, once I told my mom I was expecting a boyfriend and a new car for my birthday, she replied, okay, a Ken doll and Hot Wheels, got it. Number five, once I didn't want to go to an event with my sister, I tried to convince my mom it wasn't a safe place by asking, what if I get kidnapped? She replied, oh, don't worry, honey, they'll definitely bring you back. <laughs> Number four, one night when I was young and scared, I called my mom into my bedroom. I said, mom, there's monsters under my bed, in which she replied, no, there's not, sweetie. The alligators ate them all. Number three, once I was running away from my mom who was trying to spank me, right at the moment when something hit me in my head, I heard her say, you may be fast, but you'll never be as fast as my shoe. <laughs> Number two, once when mom said I couldn't go somewhere, I made the mistake of saying, well, then I'll just ask dad. She replied, your dad may be the head of this family, but I'm the neck. I really control what's going on around here. <laughs> and the number one funniest thing I heard my mother say, I once yelled at my mom and I said, you are invading my personal space, in which she replied, well, that makes us even since you invaded my personal space for nine whole months. <laughs> hey, somebody enjoyed that. <laughs> he did, again. <laughs> Well, now that I've got you smiling this morning, I'm fully aware that Mother's Day can be a mixed bowl of emotions. It can be very happy and a very joyous day for some, while others it can be a very sad day because not everybody looks forward to Mother's Day. We all come from different places. 
We've all had different experiences. We all have different stories. And some stories are unhappy ones. But can I just say that no matter where you stand with regarding your, regarding your feelings of this day, ladies, we celebrate you today. Moms, you are an incredible bunch of people. God did something extra special when he created you. You're all made of components that are exclusive to you and designed by God to help you to fulfill your role in our lives and in our world in an effective way. I'm reminded of a TV program that perhaps you've seen before called How It's Made. It's a program that shows how everyday items are created and assembled. And it, it may sound like a boring show, but it's played in over 30 countries around the world. It's very popular. And whether it be how they make bubble gum or stuffed olives or bowling balls or anti-lock brakes or accordions, you name it, they've done an episode on how just how it's made. And the lesson that you walk away with after watching each one of those, uh, those episodes is simple. Even the most overlooked items in our life are intricately and are wonderfully made. And when you learn how much effort goes into making something, then you're, much a you're able to appreciate it in much greater ways. Likewise, when you begin to see how intricately and wonderfully made moms are, you learn to appreciate them in even greater ways. In Proverbs chapter 31, it provides us a glimpse of mom at her best. She's not only stolen the heart of her husband, earned the respect of her peers, but she is also an entrepreneur, a purveyor of wisdom, and on top of all of that, she raises children who will rise up and call her blessed. And the Bible goes into great lengths to show us how God made this incredible and indispensable and yet often overlooked aspect of everyday life called mom. When you take a tour of the Bible and you look at how mom is made, it teaches us not only a lot about mom, but it teaches us a lot about our Heavenly Father. In the first chapter of Genesis we see God forming all of creation. He creates the sun, the star, the moon, the land, the animals. And finally, God turns to crafting what is later would be called the crown of his creation when he created mankind. And as all this happens, I want you to listen to what God says in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In drawing up God's design for humanity, he said, said something about us that wasn't said about the mountains when he created them, or the sun, or, or the moon, or the stars, or the animals. God proclaims that human beings are made in his very image, that as humans, we actually reflect, we represent, we give off hints of God in this world like nothing else can. And we do so in our ability to think and to dream and to create and to love and to build and, and to change things that all point us back to God. But it goes even further than that because God wanted to display the full height and breadth of his wonderful wisdom and his divinity. So he not only created humanity, but he created humans, male and female. And then he wired us so differently on the inside, and he gave us quite different shapes and textures on the outside. Then God gave men and women different hats to wear, different callings and vocations called husband and wife, father and mother, and our different wirings and our, and our different shapes make the most of these unique roles that God has designed us to fulfill. And that is, this allows us 
men and women alike, to uniquely bless this world and to proclaim something about who God is within this world in which we live. So as we celebrate our mothers this morning, it's important to realize that not everyone here on this Mother's Day is a mother. But one fact remains. Every one of us is here today because of our mother, the one who birthed us. And therefore, in this discussion about mothers, there is a message within it for every single one of us. Whenever you look, as I said earlier, at what moms are made of, you learn, as you learn about what it is that makes mom tick, you likewise learn about our Heavenly Father. And I'd like to share a few things with you that we learn about God from what we see in the makeup of our mothers. And the first one is this. Moms were meant or made to give comfort, just as God gives comfort. Moms have a gift for calming, for nurturing, for comforting the world. In general, they have softer skin, a smoother voice. They have a more empathetic heart, of which exudes warmth, and it makes us feel at home. Yeah, us guys, we can comfort too, but here's the secret. Us men have stolen our best moves from, our, from moms. Perhaps that's an exaggeration, but it's true. When the little ones come running in after scuffing their, their knees or getting stung by a bee or, or whatever may befall them, moms will hold them tight. Moms will calm their spirit. Moms will kiss the boo-boo. Us guys, we kind of pat them on the butt like a ball player and say, now get back out there and go play. Shake it off. As men, as I said, we've learned some of our best moves from our moms, even though we have a hard time, a really hard time, duplicating what we've seen. So when mom lives out her calling in the family, it offers us glimpses of God. Listen to what God said in Isaiah 66, 13. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted. How great is that? God is saying, do you remember how mom made you feel? Do you remember how her presence brought peace to you? How when you were an infant, her body provided food for you and her heartbeat would literally slow your heartbeat down? Remember how she would draw you close and how she would hold you tightly? Well, God says she learned that from me and that, my child, is how I care for you. Secondly, moms are made to mold us and to shape us, just like God molds and shapes us. The Bible speaks of this spiritual process for believers called sanctification. It's a term that literally means the process of becoming holy or being trained in the ways of God. The Bible tells us that when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, he places his Holy Spirit inside of us and thus begins a lifelong process of, of shaping us and molding us. The Creator's hands are literally wrapped around the lives of those who have committed their lives to him. He slowly molds us and gives us shapes and behaviors. He, he shapes and, and changes our behaviors and the way we go about life and our thoughts. And through his, his love, God tears some things down inside of us that aren't always the best. And he builds up things within us that make us better. He gets rid of the messed up stuff. And he replaces it with the godly stuff. Well, likewise, in every single home, the mother plays a huge role in the sanctification process of human development. Yes, fathers play a big part of this too, but let's face it. Moms are the one who tend to ride herd on the details of human development. Generally speaking, it is moms who make us sit up straight, to speak right, to look people in the eye when we are talking to them, to make sure that we eat right, to make sure that we dress right, to make sure that we act right. Sure, as dads, we understand a kid needs to wear a pair of pants, but mom understands that the pants should be clean and there needs to be a belt in order to hold the thing up. It's all about the details. And moms are specialists when it comes to those details. She molds and she shapes us 
into the finer points of being a functional human being. And just like God, mom has her hands wrapped around our lives, rounding up all of those rough edges that every single one of us has. This is also why mom is such a great nurturer of faith. Her power is often displayed by applying faith to the daily details of the home. And she does this through bedtime Bible stories and bedtime prayers, by applying scriptures to the daily little events that go on in the life of her children. And she speaks words to remind them that God loves them with an unconditional love and that she loves her children with that same unconditional love. So on Mother's Day, we need to remember that moms are gifts from God. For many of us, the beginning of our relationship with God was a gift given by mom. And I want you to think about this. Even the Son of God, when he took on flesh and he entered this world, needed a mom. The incarnate God needed the care needed the concern, needed the, I suggest, the subtle and gentle, firm correction of a mother at times. That's how important mothers are. Imagine, if you will, some of the strange conversations that may have taken place between Mary, Jesus' mother, and the Son of God, Jesus, while he was growing up. Jesus, you need to be home after dark. He was no different than any other kid. Or you may have had a hand in creating this world, young man, but remember, I brought you into this world. <laughs> or if you're ever going to do the will of your father, you need to be strong so you better eat your vegetables. See, moms, they mold us and they shape us, just like a potter does with a lump of clay. Thirdly, moms were made to give life just like God gives life. In the Genesis creation story, when God crafted the first woman, we're told that Adam took one look at her and he instantly named her Eve. It's a name that means life giver and how appropriate that title is. While it takes two of us to make a child, it only takes one to bear a child and moms are given that honor. The toil of bearing and birthing belongs solely to them. They are the bearer of life. And once that child arrives, all credit is due them. If you think about it, the birth of a child is a very strange mo moment for most men. On one hand, as, as a husband, as a father, you are incredibly proud of your wife. But on the other hand, because men, we are wired for action, Never does a man feel more helpless than during the birth of their children. Mom's birthing a child, and dad just stands there with ice chips coaching her on how to breathe. And all the while, I know I was thinking, you've made a baby. You're giving birth to this incredible child. How incredible is this? And all I brought to the table is some ice chips and coaching of how to breathe. And have you ever noticed in the Bible when it's speaking about God's love and redemption that he often uses the mother's ability to give life as the perfect picture of how God grants eternal life? For example, in 1 Peter 1.3, it says, By God's great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, just as moms toiled and labored to give physical life, so God has toiled and labored to bring us eternal life. And just like mom gets all the credit on, on, on our birthdays, God gets all the credit for the redeeming grace from the life and the ministry of Jesus. Now all of this isn't to say that mom should be sainted or that she is perfect because we all know that that's not the case. I think mothers and fathers can both agree that while parenting can bring out the best in us, it can also bring out our flaws to the surface as well. And as mom and dads, we may display God to the world, but in the process, we're continually reminded of our deep need 
for God as we fulfill the roles that he has given us. No doubt there are times when moms feel like they are far from being excellent. But we know that moms, as I said earlier, are intricately and wonderfully made nonetheless. And knowing how moms are made, we appreciate them all that much more. Because through their comfort, because through their presence, through their labor, their love, and yes, even their faults, they have given us a really nice glimpse of our Heavenly Father. And today is our opportunity to give our mothers the honor that they so truly deserve. You see, I believe that honor is the greatest thing that you can give your mother. And as I spoke earlier about how Jesus, no doubt, greatly nurtured and was greatly nurtured and greatly influenced by his earthly mother in a way that only a mother could do, I want to show you the honor that Jesus bestowed upon his mother at the end of his life. Jesus gave us a glimpse of the value that he placed upon his own mother. And he did so while he was on the cross of Calvary. And in doing so, he set for us an example that I believe we always need to follow. And that's really the crux of my message this morning. Always honor your mother. Here's Mary at the foot of the cross. She's watching her son being executed by one of the most brutal means of, possible in that day. She didn't fear for her own life, nor did she allow the sadness of that, that spectacle or the insults that were coming from the crowd toward her son to restrain her. Nothing was going to stop her from performing her last official duty of providing her presence and her tenderness to her son, Jesus. After the days of, of Jesus' childhood, we hear very little about Mary. During his public ministry, her life was really put into the background. But now, during the supreme, most supreme hour of her son's agony, when the world had cast away the child of her womb, she stands there with the crowd by the cross. And I am certain that she is baffled by the unprecedented scene that is being played out right before her very eyes. I'm sure she is paralyzed by the suffering of her son. And yet she is bound by her love to the son she raised and the son she birthed to be there with him. Many people have deserted Jesus. Many friends have forsaken him. Many have despised him, but not his mother. And that is the true nature of a mother's heart. She wasn't exhibiting any hysterical sorrow. There were no wild outcries of uncontrollable anguish. In fact, not a single word from her lips is documented in any of the four Gospels. Apparently, she suffered in silence as the crowds were mocking her son, as the thief was taunting him, while the soldiers were callously gambling over her son's garments. Jesus is gasping for breath. He is bleeding profusely. And here is his mother at the foot of the cross, beholding it all. But Mary did not turn away from the spectacle, and she didn't flee from the scene. She stayed right there by her son. What tremendous courage. What tremendous love. What reverence she had for our Savior. The Bible says in John 19, 25 through 27, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. 
And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Here's Jesus, who is occupied with the most stupendous work that has ever been done here on this earth or in the entire universe for that matter. He is under this tremendous burden which no mere mortal could have endured, could have possibly sustained. He is the object at this moment of Satan's fiercest work. He's about to drink from this awful cup which meant separation from God himself. And get this, through all of that, through all of the pain, through all of the torture, Jesus has the presence of mind to recognize and to honor his mother, the one who birthed him into this world. To the very end, he showed himself to be the perfect both son of God and son of man. You see, on the, on the cross, Jesus had prayed for his enemies. Then he had spoken words of salvation and assurance to the repentant thief who was on his other side. But now he addresses his mother. While his life is slipping away, he provides a home for his widowed mom. He says, woman, behold your son. And twice we find Jesus referring to Mary as woman, once at the wedding feast in Cana and now here at the cross. And it is noteworthy that both of these references are found in John's gospel, the gospel which addresses more than any of the other gospel accounts Jesus' deity. The other gospels present him more in human relationships, but John portrays him as the son of God above all. So it's very appropriate that Christ was referring to his mother as woman. It was a term that was neither harsh nor was it discourteous. But there was another reason why he would no longer call her mother as he had done so many times before. Because his death on the cross brought to an end all of his natural ties. 2 Corinthians 5.16 says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. You see, from now on, believers would be linked to Jesus by a closer bond, by a spiritual relationship. And this is what Jesus is now teaching both his mother and his beloved apostle. Behold your son, meaning I am your son no longer. And there's a striking confirmation of this in that Mary is not mentioned at all in connection with Christ's resurrection. In fact, the only other time that she is referred to in the New Testament is in the first chapter of Acts when she gathered together and took her place among the other believers at a prayer meeting that ushered in the day of Pentecost. So here is where our Lord lays aside his human affections. He sees his mother and he sees his beloved disciple John standing near the cross and it is here where he not only commends them one to another, but he is separating himself from the place which he had once filled as her son. Woman, behold your son. Then to the disciple, he says, behold your mother. He is saying to his mother Mary, this is the one who will take care of you now. This man standing beside you, he will not let you stand here alone. He will now be like a faithful son to you. He says, John, behold your mother. In other words, treat her with tender affection. Treat her with love. Treat her with honor, just like I would. John, please take care of my mom. She's my living legacy to you. And through all of this, Jesus gave his disciple, who once leaned on Jesus, 
His mother, who Jesus himself once leaned on. John 19, 27 says, and from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Jesus' words and command as he hung upon that cross set an example for all of us to honor our mothers to the end. Deuteronomy 5, 16 says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Isn't it interesting that this isn't just a commandment but there is a promise attached to adhering to this commandment that your days may be long and that it may be well with you. You can clearly see the importance that God has placed upon this idea of honor and that he expects us to honor our mothers, not just this day that we celebrate them, but every day. Many are here today and Mother's Day brings you great joy. As you are reminded of your childhood and you are reminded of your mother who you truly believe in your heart of hearts was the best possible mother God could have ever given you. Many of you are reminded of the joy of being a mother yourself. It's the greatest and it's the most fulfilling responsibility that you've ever had. But I am fully aware that Mother's Day isn't always a joyous day for all. And it may, be, may bring about bad memories for you. Maybe your mother passed away, and today brings you both good memories of the past, but sadness because you miss her so. Maybe you never knew your mom. Maybe she left you with others to raise you. Or maybe you were raised by your biological mother, but you can't seem to bring yourself to call her blessed like the scriptures tell us in Proverbs. There were circumstances and things that happened that were beyond your control. Maybe your mom wasn't around to give you enough of those things that you expected you should have received from your mom. I'm very aware that some of us had wonderful mothers while maybe others, others didn't. And, and I, I want to speak, speak specifically to those of you who haven't been able to bring yourself to honor your mom on this day or any day for that matter. You see, no matter what your mom did or didn't do, it can't be an excuse for not honoring the one who birthed you into this world. And if in fact you know your biological mother, you must find a way to honor the one who carried you in her womb and you do that for nothing more than the fact that she gave you life, that she brought you into this world. Because here's the deal. In our culture, your mom had other options. She could have chosen another direction, but instead she chose to bring forth life, and that life is you. And as hurt or as disillusioned, or as angry as you might be with your mom for her shortcomings, I want to say to you there is no such thing as a perfect mom because there is no such thing as a perfect human being. And maybe things weren't, for the, best, weren't the best for you while you were growing up. Maybe your mom made some mistakes. Maybe you feel she could have done a better job. And perhaps as a mother here today, you realize that you've made some of your own mistakes too. And you maybe find yourself daily grieving over those mistakes. And you have a hard time forgiving yourself. Well, I want to tell you something this morning. You don't have to carry that burden on either end of that scale. Either your feelings toward your mother or your feelings toward yourself as a mother. Because you can forgive your mother for the mistakes that she has made, for her shortcomings, and you can forgive yourself as well. You can move past those mistakes that perhaps you have made as a mom. And this happens because right after Jesus honored his mother, 
in the way that he did by giving her a home with his beloved disciple, Jesus finished his task. He died on that cross, but he rose again to bring us forgiveness of our sin and to offer us eternal life in the presence of our Heavenly Father. He brought forth a way for us to be reconciled to God Almighty. And it is through the forgiveness of our sin that we no longer need to carry the burden and the heartache of the past mistakes or the past sin or the poor decisions or unforgiveness that we're harboring in our heart. Because when we are forgiven by Christ Jesus, he not only shows us how, but he empowers us to forgive others. God can simply wipe it all away because it was covered by his shed blood. As the old hymnal says, there is power in the blood. And because of that, every one of us through God's power within us has the capacity to honor our mother today. And I've been praying that if you have a strained relationship with your mother in any way, shape, or form, you will seek reconciliation with her this very day. Because this is the day where every mom should feel special, should feel loved, and should feel honored by all of her children. This is her day. Scott, will you and the worship team please come forward? I felt it very appropriate today as we have talked about what Jesus did for us on the cross that we would participate in Holy Communion together as a church family and that we bring honor to the one who makes it possible for us to honor others, to make it possible to honor the mothers who are joining us here today and who may be living thousands of miles away. When you arrived, you should have picked up communion emblems in the foyer. And I should have picked up my own. If you didn't pick those up on your way in, you can excuse yourself from your seat, run out and grab one and come back and join us. This time of communion should never become a ritual. And I fear sometimes we make it that way. It is far more than a ritual. Yes, we do it every month, but it is far more than a ritual. It's a time when we get serious about our relationship with Christ and even our relationship with others. Because while we remember what Jesus accomplished on the cross to provide us with salvation, there is a warning found in God's word about how we go about participating in this very sacred moment. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 29. I'm sure I've read it at least 800 times at this church. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Every time we take communion, we need to examine our hearts. We need to determine if there is any unconfessed sin in our life, and if there is, we need to confess that sin, and we need to repent of that sin. We need to determine if we are carrying or harboring unforgiveness or bitterness towards another person. And if so, we need to confess, confess that, repent of that. And then we leave here with the intention of offering the same forgiveness to the one who we're harboring those hard feelings against just as Christ has done it for us. Examining ourselves means we, we lay ourselves wide open before God and we say, God, forgive me of anything that's going on internally in my life that would be displeasing to you because I certainly don't want to be guilty of sinning against your body or against your blood. And so as always, 
I want to provide us with an opportunity to, to make sure that we are all in the right standing with our Heavenly Father. So we're going to have a moment of silence, and the only thing that you are going to hear is the music playing softly behind me. During this time, I ask that you reach out to God in your own way, in your own words. Pray as you want to pray. And in light of this sacred moment, pray for forgiveness of any sin. Pray for your heart to be right before God. And if things need to be reconciled between you and your mother, pray for God to strengthen you to clear things up with her as you attempt to honor her on this very special day. And if you're here this morning, or if you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus' gift of salvation, you can do so at this moment. The Bible says in order to be saved, you must believe and you must confess. You must believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the only way to God the Father, that he came to this earth, that he lived a sinless life, and he died a horrific death. The innocent, sinless Son of God died a horrific death, and the blood that he shed on that cross is the cleansing agent. It is the atoning factor that wipes away your and my sin. The confession part is simply speaking those words in your own way in prayer to the Lord. When you do that with a sincere heart, Jesus will save you. The Bible says he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. It says that you will become a new creation. He wipes your slate clean. He gives you a fresh start. And the beauty of it is it allows you the opportunity to participate in communion with us, knowing that you are doing so today in a worthy manner. Some of you today might need healing in your body. Communion is a wonderful time to ask for your healing because it says in the word of God that as Jesus hung on that cross, he not only bore our sin, but he bore with him sickness and disease as well. As you remember that, ask him to heal your body as you eat of the bread and you drink of the juice. This time of communion can be so very meaningful if you will allow it to be. And my prayer is that we will all open our hearts before God and be honest with him. It's the only way you can be with God in order for this moment to truly be meaningful for you. Let's bow our heads in silent prayer. Father, you have heard our words. Most importantly, you've read our heart. And you know the condition of our heart. And as we've cried out to you, Father, I, I thank you for the forgiveness of sin. I thank you for the relationships that are going to be healed from this moment today. I thank you for the mothers who are going to be honored because some of us have cleared up issues today with you and we will clear up issues with them later today. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for taking care of us. You are truly a good, good father, as the song says. 
It's just who you are. And we thank you for that. And we ask it in these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've never used these disposable communion emblems, there is a cellophane on the top. You pull back, we'll expose the wafer. And then below that is a foil pull, which will open up to the juice. On the night that Jesus was arrested, he was betrayed and arrested. He took the bread, and after he had given thanks for it, he broke it and he said, this bread represents my body, which is soon to be broken for you. And he said, every time you participate in communion, do so in remembrance of me. And so as you eat of this bread, I wanted to be a reminder of Jesus' bruised and battered body that was broken for you and that by his stripes you are healed. You may eat the bread. In the same way he took the cup, he said this cup represents my blood. It's the new covenant. He said, whenever you drink of this, be reminded of me. And as you drink of this juice this morning, let it remind you of the blood that poured out of the sinless, perfect body of Jesus, designed to redeem you, to cleanse your sin. It was his blood that brought atonement for all of us. You may drink the juice. Would you stand to your feet as we sing? For being here. Thank you, and God bless all of you moms here today. You're very special to us, and uh, we're so thankful that you came. I hope that you have felt honored today. That was certainly my desire. And as we're speaking about motherhood and, and being birthed in life, uh, there is a ministry here in our community called LifeNet. It is a crisis pregnancy center that is right in our community. It is a ministry that, as a church, we support with a monthly gift. And uh, once a year, they have what they call their baby bottle drive. They give us baby bottles, and uh, we have between now and Father's Day to take those bottles home and to fill them up with coins. But uh, you know me, I don't want you to just put coins in there. I want you to put some greenbacks in there, throw some 20s, some 50s, some 10s, some 5s, whatever. Let's, let's make it worthwhile. Uh, two years ago, 
or I don't know if it was last year. Did we, did we do this last year with COVID? I don't think we did. Two years ago, the amount of money that, that came out of this church from that baby bottle drive was amazing. Uh, it was the best one we've ever had. It greatly blessed that ministry. The reason I'm telling you this is on your way out, the first set of tables is where the communion emblems are. Behind where I'm greeting people, there'll be a table there, and you can pick up a baby bottle. I'd like you to take it home. I'd like you to fill it with all your change. If you're like me, I throw my change in one particular place. It's not hard to fill up a baby bottle. And uh, you can bring it back at any time, but we need them back by Father's Day Sunday. And uh, we want to bless LifeNet with another great offering to help them in their operation. They are all about life. They are all about moms making the choice to bring forth life and not end a life. And I don't, can't think of any cause that we donate to that is any greater than that. So on your way out, please pick up one. Pick up, pick up two if you want. If you think you can fill three, go ahead and do it. And if, if for any reason we run out of bottles, you can give an offering and put it in one of the envelopes and just mark it for LifeNet, and it will go towards that as well. So again, thank you for being here today. Let's close this service in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for our moms. What a blessing they are to our lives. Where we would be without them, Lord, we do not know, but we're thankful for them. I pray that you'll bless each and every mom today in a very special way. I pray that any, uh, all honor would be due them, would come to them today. And for anyone who was here today or watching online who realized maybe there was a boundary there, there was a barrier preventing them from truly honoring their mom, that that was destroyed today and that they will leave here with the intention of verbally clearing those things up with their mother. And Lord, I just thank you for working in mysterious ways. I thank you for working in our hearts. I thank you for bringing healing to relationships that need it. I thank you for your presence that's been here today. It's been such a sweet presence of the Spirit of God, and we thank you for that. And Lord, as we go our separate ways today, I pray that your Spirit would guide and direct our steps, the places we go, the things we do, the conversations that we have. Let them be conversations that build people up and not tear down. Help us to be bright lights in this very dark world. Father, I pray that your love would so shine through us that it would be unavoidable, that people would sense something different about us and that it is your love and it would open up doors of opportunities for us to share your goodness. And when those doors open, Father, that we would have the courage to walk through them and to tell others about your goodness. I ask, Lord, that you would keep us safe until we gather together next week. Keep us safe from COVID, any other disease or sickness that might come our way. Pray that you would keep us safe from any accidents that might befall us until we join together as a church family and worship you in spirit and in truth. I thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for our moms. Bless them this day. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for being here.